Hello out there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give our insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host Adam, I'm joined by the maestro... Lahayam! And by Cowboy. Hi. Hi. And also a special guest today for this specific movie we're doing, it's Annie. Hi guys. Who picked this movie? This this the crappiest movie ever. Hold on. I really need to know who that. This week we are celebrating Valentine's Day, and I thought the best way for me to do that was to let Annie choose a movie. Oh, this is a great movie. I Technically, movie. though, I didn't choose the movie. I asked her, "What is your favorite romantic comedy?" No, you said when you think romantic comedy is what comes to mind. And okay. first, I was like, "Love Actually," and then I racked my brain. I couldn't think of anything else. And like two hours later, I came up with other answers. Okay. Well, there it is. 2003's Love Actually is the movie we're doing today uh, because of Annie. It's all around. And, yeah. <laughs> all right. This is going to be a very long intro. Uh, this is directed by Richard Curtis, who has also directed a lot of Mr. Bean things. He also directed nice. Four Weddings and a Funeral. This stars Bill Nighy, which... He was in Underworld, which is also on spoilers, so you can check that one out. Uh, he was on a bunch of other stuff as well. What was the one, my show you were saying right before? No, uh, he, was, he, was, he was Davy Jones. Yes, Davy Jones. That's right. Uh, we have Gregory Fisher. That's, that's his manager. Colin Firth, which was in Kingsman, which is also a spoilers movie we've done. Liam Neeson, who was in Darkman, A-Team, and Krull. All three movies we've done on spoilers as well. We have Emma Thompson. We have Martin Freeman, who's the, the Hobbit, Sherlock, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, Jonah Page, Andrew Lincoln, which is the main guy from Walking Dead, at least for the beginning part of it. Uh, we have Kira Knightley, which is in a lot of things. Uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, you, can't, you can't really do a romance movie, I think, without Hugh Grant. I think that's <laughs> a rule. Uh, we have uh, Laura Linney, which is from The Ozark. That's the wife of uh, Jason Bateman in The Ozark. Which is a good show. Alan Rickman, who was in Harry Potter, and another movie we did on spoilers, Die Hard. Uh, Rodrigo Santoro, he's a uh, that's Carl, that's the uh, the work love interest of the other girl. Uh, he was in Westworld. He played uh, a, a scruffy cowboy. That was fantastic. We also have Billy Bob Thornton, who was in Bandits. Another spoilers that we did. And finally, Rowan Atkinson. Which is Mr. Bean. <laughs> uh, you're missing somebody. I'm missing a lot of people. These are the these okay. are the No, 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 no. I've got to I've got to profess my knowledge here. Okay. Because uh, the actress that played Natalie. Natalie. She falls in love uh, with uh, Hugh Grant. Crush, crush, she falls in love with the prime minister. Yeah. Okay. She was N- Naya or Nina in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which we also did what? on spoilers. No. Yes, what? She was. Look it up. Look it up. Oh, my God. Well done. Look at you, cowboy. All right, let's do a I synopsis. I did my homework on this one. There were yeah. so many people I, I did my homework. I know. Wait, I, there's one I think you forgot. And... I forgot. Oh, nope. You said Emma Thompson. I okay. did. Okay. All right. Here's a synopsis, and then we'll get into our thoughts about the movie. Following the lives of eight very different couples and dealing with their love lives in various loosely interrelated tales, all set during a frantic month before Christmas in London, England. You can't explain any better than that, I don't think. So, 
Let's go around the table. Let's start with uh, Cowboy. Have you seen this movie before? Uh, that would be a negative. You have not. Did you mention that not. you had this on DVD? I, I thought I had it on, on DVD. Oh, okay. But, uh, the movie I confused it with, because, I mean, I don't know, was Mad Love. Oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, no, I don't know what that is either. It's not my movie, <laughs> but um, okay. I, <laughs> it actually has love in the title, so I thought love actually actually had love in the. So uh, I see favorite. the connection. It was there. a far, it was a far stretch. But. Very good, very good. All right, Maestro, have you seen this movie before? This is the first time I've actually seen this movie. Um, I've never experienced the entertainment from this film before. And I don't think I ever have. I'm trying to say the same thing three times in different ways. Okay. I'm not sure if it works. I feel like you and Adam are going to have a deep dive into a very specific topic that I'm thinking of later. Oh, uh, this was my first time watching this movie as well. I, I had heard of it. I knew it existed, but it was one of those. Eh, I'll, I'll watch it when I have to. Not, I'm not going to seek it out. And now I had to watch it. And I, I'm, I'm glad I did. I'll, I'll say that much. All three of you boggle my mind. I don't understand how no one's seen it. It's one of those things where someone's forced you to watch it by this point. Yeah. See, I hadn't been forced up to this point. So obviously you have seen this. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Was it in theaters? No. I don't go to movie theaters. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this. I think the reason why Adam's never seen any films like this or this film in general is mainly the only person that actually forces him to watch movies is the people in this podcast. <laughs> That's this is true. That is true. I, I, I do seek out a lot of random movies from all kinds of things. I've seen plenty of romantic uh, comedies and just romance movies in general, uh, but this is one that just is, has escaped me up until now. I mean, don't you and Kent do like TV show swaps where I promise to watch this if you promise to watch that? Yes. Was the- Psych one of them? Like? No, Psych was because of my brothers. Oh. It was, it was that, that one TV show that Maestro loves so much called Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, Maestro's yeah, favorite show, Breaking Bad. Oh. I forced him to watch Doctor Who, uh, and he forced me to watch Breaking Bad. That's what it was. I knew it was something that you ended up <laughs> loving. Right. Yeah. Turns out Breaking Bad was pretty good, I got to say. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, I want to get you guys' thoughts first uh, because you're with fresh eyes. Walking out of the theater, what's the first thing that pops in your mind that you would, that you have to say about the movie as we're leaving the theater? I can't unsee Bill Nike naked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> how about you, cowboy? Uh, how unbelievably awesome one of these situations would have been. Okay. What specifically? Uh, no, I mean, just it, it, it's like all these situations, with the exception of um, Alan Rickman, uh, Alan, Alan Rickman, yeah. you know, cheating, you yeah. know, whatever. But uh, there's they, they almost seem surreal. Like the, these are like dream meetings. You know, you dream. I mean, we've got the girl of our dreams, our, our significant others. But this is like over the top you know are you trying to tell me this wasn't based on real events <laughs> no no i'm saying this is i'm saying this is something that people would want 
Yes. When you watch when you watch a film like this, you feel the sensation of being in that moment. You feel the sensation of having those connections. Would you say you feel it in your bones? Oh. My, I feel it. No, I I would say I feel it in my fingers. Oh. I feel it in my toes. Oh yes. Okay. All right. You're right. I know where you're going. Okay. Davy Jones might feel it in his bones. <laughs> but in this movie. The the rock star probably felt it in his bone. Yeah. All right. Uh, I see what you did there. All right. Let's, let's start there. Let's because there's a bunch of different storylines to get into, and I I, I want to kind of wait. We don't hear what the thing you would say when you came out of the theater was. This is your first time seeing it, also. Oh, okay. True. 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 Uh, it's it was cute. It was a, it was a cute movie. Uh, I I think uh, like kind of what Cowboy was saying, where this I think it almost gives a. F- a false representation of love. So does every movie ever, except for the ones that make you super sad at the end. Yeah. Even your action movies. Die Hard, really, if you've had that many issues, are you really just going to be like totally fine after the worst night of your entire lives? Like everything just works out fine? Uh, spoiler alert, they did not stay together. So, <laughs> not a Okay, well, I was just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. Thank but you. Th- th- this this movie, <laughs> uh, because it was basically targeted about love, uh, telling us that love actually is everywhere, which I do think is a true statement. Uh, but stuff like the, the things that were happening in this movie, it, it was a little uh, exaggerated. Uh, like in most movies, love happens very quickly in these, and it doesn't happen. We don't all go as plaid. As uh, some people, uh, especially in, in this movie, where they just suddenly, hey, oh, the whole love at first sight thing, and now I want to marry you, even though we've never had a conversation before. There was two out of like the 1,200 stories that were like that. Yeah, understood. Okay. Anyway, uh, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I, I found it uh, not fantastic as far as the stories. And I think that's the fault of having eight different storylines. You can't spend enough time on each one to make them count. So you get little bits of, that's cute, that's cute, that's cute. Move along. They were all commingled, though. Yeah, but, but it still wasn't, uh, it wasn't enough. If, if this was about one uh, group of people or, or one couple that had to go through a bunch of things to finally get to love, then at the end of the journey, you'd, be, you'd feel it more. At the end of this journey, when everyone started getting together, the only thing that got to me was a damn kid. <laughs> that was the only I'll one that got me emotional. When the when the little boy got with the little girl, that was like that was the cutest with. thing. Okay, they she I, kissed I, him on the cheek. Yeah, to clarify that was for that, that that was not the one that got to me. The one that got to me was um, the writer who learned Portuguese and went after that girl. That's the one that got me. Yeah, that was cute. But see, but but then that's kind of where I'm talking about. They never had a conversation. Literally, they never had a conversation, but they were in love. The one that really warmed my heart was the British guy that went to Wisconsin and got laid by a lot of hot chicks when he was told <laughs> he would never, never meet a beautiful woman that was interested in him. Wasn't one of the girls in that one movie where they had to pretend to be a porn star that was actually dating the kid? Yes. One of them was a girl next door. Uh, one of them was... Uh, January Jones, and then one of them ended up being Elizabeth something or other from American Pie. 
Carmen Electra. And then Carmen Electra came in at the end as well. <laughs> they, they, these were all like super crazy, attractive women that were. And when, once the scene happened, I told Annie, he's dreaming. He's definitely dreaming. <laughs> and then they cut away. They didn't say it was a dream. That really happened? What the? <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the comedy. It's supposed to just make you feel good. <laughs> Our lives are super stressful as it is. And sometimes it's nice to escape into a world that's not scary and terrifying and has monsters trying to hunt you everywhere. But instead one that's just like, hey, look how happy yeah. everyone is. I got, I got the joke. I got the joke they were telling there. I mean, because all girls are gaga over English accents is what. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, and I, and it's. I mean, whew. yeah. If a guy plays his cards right with his English accent, he, he can have me as well. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's it's hard to say no to that. Say that again. What? Oh shit! Are we recording? Um, <laughs> so okay, so <laughs> let's go back to uh, Bill Nighy. Let's talk about his his line first. That's the least complicated. <laughs> <laughs> there's not there's not a whole lot thing uh there it's mostly he's just he's an old washed up rock star who's coming back uh and revitalizing his revitalizing his career changing one of his songs to be from love to christmas and that's his whole thing i, I think that was probably the most guaranteed laughs was when bill nighy was on screen when but it he, wasn't one of his songs it was just like a song and he changed one word he just got the rights to it no, it was his song. Oh, it was his oh, song. Oh, it was his? Oh, yeah, okay. the original version yeah. with, about love was his song. So he re-recorded the version and he replaced love with Christmas, and that's why he was selling out. Oh, that makes his character even better because he <laughs> talks about the song like with so much reverence yeah. in that first scene. Yeah, because that's well, his song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's solid gold shit. Yeah. I, I, I love the way he just movie. didn't care. He was just, yeah, I suck. This sucks. But I want to get number one because I'm I'm struggling to make more money. This whole vibe of just screw everything, and I'm going to be super honest, and I'm not going to censor myself. That that was that was just fun to me. And then I'll do an interview, and I'll tell you if I'm number one by Christmas Eve, I will do a concert naked. Yes. Kids, don't buy drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Become a rock star. And they'll give them to you for free. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> probably the greatest character in the whole movie. And I agree. I I can't argue with that. I, I think I enjoyed him even more because I'm not used to seeing him in anything other than a villainous kind of douchebag kind of guy. In Underworld, he was the the head vampire that was kind of, I think, betraying vampires. If I recall correctly, it was a long time ago. Yeah, and every time you see him, he's just kind of like a douchebag. And to have him see play this character, and he's just he seems to be having fun. I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. I like I like this part of you. I mean, he was a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. he was a funny yes. down to earth douchebag. Yeah, he wasn't trying to screw anybody over. Not that kind of douchebag. More. Of I love uh, how he talked. He talked about his fat manager, <laughs> like just openly to people. My this fat guy, I'm going to hang out with on Christmas Eve. Yeah. You know? like, you have to admit, though, that manager also was great. His character is so small, but the faces he made every time we yeah. got our – that made – what's his name again? The actor's name? Ooh, the, the manager? No, the singer. Oh, Bill Nighy. Yeah, every time Bill – Bill, I'm not going to remember. His, his name is actually Billy Mack in the, in the movie. All right, every time Billy said something ridiculous, <laughs> looking at the manager's face and just like the sheer stress – or whatever it was happening on his face. Yeah. Great facial expressions, which made Bill's jokes so much funnier. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right about his facial expressions, but his demeanor with the facial expressions 
were like, oh, son of a bitch. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. yeah. All around body language. Yeah. That's Billy being Billy. What do you, you can't stop Billy from being Billy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is, this is actually the only storyline that doesn't have any kind of romantic part of it. Uh, it's just there, I think, for the comedic relief. Uh, the closest we get is he tells his manager he loves him, uh, which for a second I thought he was coming out to him. But they're like, okay, no, it's not it. <laughs> but he's constantly playing. His music video is constantly playing throughout the movie in the background of everything. Yeah. And it's, all, it's all over the movie. All right. Next couple I want to talk about is uh, Watson from Sherlock. Martin but, Freeman. What exactly is that about? He's, uh, I think they call it a stunt cock. Are you sure that's it? No, actually, no. That's okay. No, that that, that one's actually on film. This this he's a he's a stand-in for porn. Yeah. Uh, they're they're trying to get the lighting of the scene so that when the actual actors come in, they don't have to stand there at to do the lighting. This happens in real movies as well. Uh, but it's well, just they, it's just they, funny they, to see it in porn. They they it wasn't a porn that they were shooting. They were shooting a film with Angelina Jolie. And that's why they said, I need to make sure uh, we get the light right so that we don't get her nipples. So I oh. need you to take your shirt off. Yeah, they, they were they were stunt and not stunt doubling, but they were standing in and yeah. doing a scene so they can get the angles right and the hand positions right. So that way they don't get her nipples. So I know it's Michael, Angelina Jolie. They yeah. said it in the movie. Oh, so my question is this. Then what? the heck is a blowjob supposed to be doing in that film then exactly no this it had to be a porn i i i, I if they said i think they may reference jolie as in we've done other stand-in work but this is the stand-in work we're doing now is it has to be porn but why why would you get a why would you get stand-in work to not show something if it's going to be a porn softcore huh. because the actors are successful and don't they were trying to get the angle, so they, they, they get the angle, so they get the act, but they don't show anything. I feel like you're adding way too much intricacy to a movie that's super simple. <laughs> like, there's no one that watches that and thinks, oh, that's not a porn. <laughs> this is a very, like, base level I'm sorry. I actually you're, you're giving it way, way more, I think, depth I than actually, anyone's going to figure out. Paid attention to the movie that you picked and listened to the dialogue. <laughs> well, we couldn't turn the subtitles on for the first half of the movie, so I don't well, know. it wouldn't do anything anyway. He doesn't read. No, actually, the subtitles were necessary for this film because the, the conversations that uh, the, the, the Portuguese girl was having with the the writer those are fantastic. Did you, did you guys have the subtitles on for that? No. Uh, oh, those are some of the best. We'll, we'll talk about that in, in a second, but let's, let's finish up this, um, this stand-in crew. Uh, I, it, it, was, it was beautiful to me that they were doing something obviously so just uncomfortable, but having <laughs> very polite conversations. <laughs> talking about the traffic. And- yeah. He's basically fake banging her while like, oh, so how, how are you doing? What's, 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 what's up with you? That 110 was a monster today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're, no kidding. <laughs> that, that was – I found that delightful. Uh, okay. So now let's go to, uh, to the Cowboys' favorite couple. The, the, the Kingsman and the uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang apparently. Is that the same one, right? No, no. No. Damn it. All right. Hugh Grant. 
Oh, right. You're right. My bad. Yes, with the kiss, kiss, bang, bang girl. Okay. So uh, Colin Firth, uh, who's in The Kingsman, Jamie, he's a writer who he gets cheated on by his wife, and then he has to go to a cabin. Uh, supposedly, he was going to go with his wife, but because she cheated, no. No, he went early. His wife cheated on him with his brother, and so he went to the cabin early. That's why she was like, we weren't. Wasn't expecting you so soon, and they had to get a stand-in maid because they normally have a maid for the summers when they come up. Ah, yes. Hey, what's the, what's the point in listening to dialogue and figure out the movie? It's a it's a pointless scene. No, were you on the phone? Cowboy, a question, bud. Were you on the phone the whole time while you watched this film? <laughs> Was I on the phone? Yeah. No. Why? Well, the- well, because you're missing half of everything or most of everything that they said. Well, the, what are you talking about? the parts that you guys miss with the uh, with the Portuguese girl and and Colin Firth is they were basically saying the same things to each other the entire time. I didn't miss that. I had the subtitles on. Oh, you son of a! Or opposite things. Yeah, the same t- feel where he, uh, he would say uh, she would say to him, "Oh, you shouldn't eat those. You would get fat." And he would just say like, "Oh, lucky for me, I got a slender figure and I, I don't put on weight." I have a constitution where I don't put on weight. Okay. <laughs> You shouldn't be eating those. You're starting to get chubby. Well, look, oh, don't worry. Luckily for me, I have a constitution where I never put on weight. Yeah. Something like the best part of my day is when I get to drive you home. Yeah. The worst part of my day is when I have to leave. Yeah. And then when they get in the water, uh, he says, hopefully there's no eels in here. Uh, and then the girl says, watch out for the eels. <laughs> don't just eels. But yeah. Also, when they're in the water, she's like, this book better be good. I don't want to drown saving rubbish or something like that. And he's like, just leave it. It's not any good anyway. Yeah. So the whole time they were apparently communicating without knowing they were communicating, speaking the same kind of language to each other. So that, I mean, it, it was sweet, but I still don't get how you jump into I'm in love with you from literally no back and forth interaction. Because he went through a very, very traumatic experience, and so now he's in a state of spiraling emotions okay. and is making leap decisions that he might regret later. But for the purposes of this movie, it's super cute. Okay. It's cute, but if we were to uh, watch the sequel, they're not together anymore. Oh, probably not, okay. no. <laughs> but she gets half his money. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. What's the next one? She was, she, she was getting half the money from the book anyway. <laughs> well, he agreed well, on five percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she well, proposed actually, fifty, and he countered with five. Yeah. Well, they did. Well, the family did get half of the kisses. <laughs> that was fun. It, it was. Yeah. It was a little outlandish to me that he goes to the parents' house. Hey, I need to find <laughs> this girl, and then the entire freaking village ends up following him into the restaurant. Well, because the sister was telling everyone, "Dad's about to sell my sister to this." <laughs> Britishman is a slave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. And then uh, yeah. I think I, I think I even saw on there that somebody said they're going to go kill our Ar- Elia. <laughs> they're going to go kill her. Oh my! <laughs> I would follow that too to go see. <laughs> they're just they're all in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you were laughing super hard at that scene. Yeah, just what is happening? <laughs> it's one of those. What am I watching right now? I think it me- needs to be made clear before we move any further that despite all of Adam's dislike of this movie, he spent about 50% of the movie laughing really hard. I didn't say I disliked it. I said I, it was a very cute movie. There were, there were things I had issues with. Oh, my God. I'm the glad- way you say cute is so aggressive. What? <laughs> Maybe it's just your face when you say it. All right. <laughs> 
All right, let's move on to the what I assume is a magazine company where Alan Rickman works. I don't know. Do we know what they're doing? I think they're marketing. They're shooting the glass. (laughs) Shoot the glass. Shiva off the glass. Yeah. So we have two stories here. Uh, We have Alan Rickman with the secretary that is not subtle. She's (laughs) very, hey, we're going to bang it out. Like, whoa, a little, uh, little too far there. And then we also have the uh, Laura Lindley, uh, Sarah's character, which is working there even though she's American. Um, I don't think that was explained. Uh, well, all we found out was that she and her brother had to move here and okay. now she takes care of them. So she's in love with somebody else who works there for uh, two years, three months, seven days, and about two hours or, or something. <laughs> that it's two hours, yeah. Yeah. And Alan Rickman is doing what I think a good boss would do. Like, hey, come on, just get it over with. You guys are going to, you both like each other. Just Let's just pull the trigger here. And that ends up not going anywhere. That's actually another part of the love story that doesn't, uh, by the end of the movie, kind of come together. She ends up choosing the brother, and that guy never I, comes I, back. I don't, know, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I don't buy that that was her brother. I think that was just what she was saying. Oh, it's my brother. And it actually was not her brother. It was her husband that went loony. And in the end, she chose love of her husband. Oh. I really like that spin on it. Interesting. But I got to be honest, again, I feel like you're adding so much more depth to this movie (laughs) than there is. I really like that spin, but... It's usually it's usually the opposite on this show, Annie. You should listen to them. It's on the, uh, uh, it's online. You can find it. Yeah. At- or maybe <laughs> or, or Stitcher, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, uh, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find it. Uh, usually, I'm not that deep into a movie. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm usually the one reading way too much into it, and they have so to talk you're me just down. trying to impress me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's usually the one saying, yeah, "This didn't make sense," and we're like, "Yeah, no, you got to look at it like this." Okay, now it makes sense. Damn it. It's always upsetting. Uh, so now her, what, her whole love story, is, it's, it's pretty short. She ends up going out with the guy, comes back to her place, and they're about to get down, and then she gets a phone call from her brother, which she's been getting the entire movie, and she stops it dead in its tracks and goes to be with her brother, and that basically the end of that I story. I did think it was weird, though, the, the names that she called her brother, so Cowboy's version does kind of make sense. Yes. I thought at the beginning that she was married because I think one of the first times she picked up the phone, she called him Babe. Yeah, and she goes with all kinds of very, very sweet, cute names, but I could also see like a mother doing that to like their three to four-year-old child. Call them Darling. Yeah, Darling. That's, yeah. that's the one where I was like, that's weird, but I was also like, well, we don't know how old he is mentally. Yeah. And at the end, they were embracing, like yeah. brother and sister, like, hmm. I love you. I made the right choice. See, my question was this. Wait, is he in, this, in a psych ward? What is he in exactly? I think he's in a live-in, like, mental care facility. So you're not a danger to society, but it's kind of like um, if your grandparents have Alzheimer's and they might walk out and then wake up in the middle of, you know, the street not knowing where they are, when they are kind of thing. Yeah. Like similar care type facility for someone who's got a mental disorder where they can't they can't live alone, but they're not 
crazy people. They're not psychotic. Ah, so that's the reason why he can call it all nights of the hour, all yeah. hours of the night. I think he still has a cell phone, everything like that. So he can still. The, the vibe I got, it was the same hospital that House went to where he met Lynn Manuel Miranda. Wow. Uh, back in that TV show. No, because I, th- I think that's for much more serious cases where it's like you could be a danger to yourself or others, whereas he's not a danger to himself or to other people. Some could be, but not all. Most of the people in that house ward were not like dangerous. Because well, he one was. Guy. It, 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 her brother or husband was the danger. He tried to hit her. True. Yeah, but it's not like um, murder sprees or killing myself or anything like that yeah. kind of things. It's more of um. <laughs> Maybe emotional, she... emotional, yeah. emotions getting over, taking over your logic and your reason and that kind of thing. All right. Uh, Annie, this is a very simple movie. Uh, I don't know why you're diving so deep and getting, making it so complicated. How <laughs> I started it. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Thank you. Adam, I'm, I was literally just about to say that to her. And you spoke up. <laughs> It's I like, was answering a question that was posed. It's like telepathically, you read my mind through the Zoom meeting. Oh. Took off with it. Thank you. I didn't have to be the asshole. So what you're saying is you typed it in the chat since I can't see the screen. Right. Of course. I, he wouldn't be able to read it anyway because they're words. I don't understand what words are. Uh, so <laughs> so let's go to the other part of that story now. Uh, the, the same – in the same uh, location, Alan Rickman is now the boss, and we have the, the secretary that's kind of uh, just, I guess, slutty or, I don't know, she's thirsty, uh, what the kids call it these days. And he's, she's making moves. He, he, it looks to me like he's not putting her on. He's, he's not leading her on in any way, shape, or form. In fact, if anything, he's kind of resisting. Especially at first, at the- it seems like he didn't even... Get what was happening. Yeah, he seemed uncomfortable. The way I would be if somebody yeah, did it to he, me, he seemed like, very um. confused at first. <laughs> yeah. So, and the, but then over time, that kind of accelerates, and she gets more and more forward, and, she, and he ends up buying her a gold necklace, uh, which his wife finds and assumes it's going to be for her, and it's not. And that was very sad. That leads to my favorite line in the whole movie. What the. Uh, it's also the saddest line in the whole reason I can't watch this movie frequently. Okay. But we'll wait till – are we talking yeah. about this now? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. It's when she approaches him after their kids play and long story short, he says, I was a fool. And she goes, you weren't just a fool. You made the life I, leave, I live a f- foolish. Yeah. And then her kids come up and she switches back into mom mode, super cheerful, super – you did an amazing job. But that's just – it's going to make me cry now. <laughs> I will you say I did not I expect that turn coming. I, I thought that we were going to get some redemption for Rickman. Like uh, after all that, he the necklace was for her. That's what I was expecting and hoping was going to happen because that's kind of how these movies are supposed to be. They don't generally go sad. Uh, but I think there was enough positive that you can throw in a couple sad things uh, for this one. Yeah, they were keeping it grounded. To reality. Love actually is all around. Uh, Even though he was doing what he was doing to his wife with his receptionist or whatever, uh, she was showing love to her kids by not letting that out 
by protecting oh. her kids, which is done by love. So the movie Love actually is all around. That's a form of love. She doesn't love him anymore, but she loves her kids so much that she wouldn't put them through turmoil. Well, what's that? She definitely still loves him. But yeah, I yeah, know. But she, the scene where she sees her brother, oh my God, I feel like that interaction with her brother is what gives her the strength to even address it tonight. Now it's out of my system. It's going to stop festering. Yeah. And we can maybe take steps towards healing because he didn't ever sleep with her. Right. But he is guilty of having the feelings of wanting to and taking actions towards that. It would have gone, but, it would have gotten there eventually. Yeah. Had it not even stopped the way it was. But it was something. I to- thought, I thought in the movie that she was going to end up with Liam Neeson's character. The, the slutty girl? No, 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 Alan Rickman. Oh, Alan Rickman's Adam was going to end up with Liam Neeson. Yeah, I thought they were going to end up together. I, I also did. I, and, and the reason I thought that was because at the beginning I asked Annie, "What's the deal with these two? And she said, "I think they're brother and sister." And like, oh, okay. And then five minutes later, she said, "Oh wait, they're not related. I need to tell you that right now." <laughs> oh, okay. I guess they're getting together. <laughs> no, I said, "Oh no, wait, that's not her brother. It's okay. someone else." Yeah, but I didn't, we hadn't been revealed yet that Hugh Grant was her brother, yeah. so I didn't want to give that away. And so then he assumed that they get together. Yeah, that's on him. Okay, so let's let's go to the brother then, to uh, to Hugh Grant, the the Prime Minister of England. Oh God, one of my favorite, favorite one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie was when he goes in and is introduced to Natalie, and she says shit. And this yeah. is, I can't I just said shit. Now I said it twice. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, well, you could have said fuck. And just, and she's like, I did have a premonition that I was going to fuck this whole thing up. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was played out perfectly. I have, and the look on Hugh Grant's face as prime minister would probably be my look if I was in his position. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was awesome. I, I also enjoyed that Hugh Grant knew that he was in trouble right off the bat. As soon as that scene was over, he walks in the office and he's like, oh, that's very inconvenient. Because <laughs> he, he knows, oh, I'm attracted to her and she's my secretary. Oh, no. This is and, his, well. and, and his sister said, oh, you better watch out for him. You're exactly what his type was yeah. 10 years ago, 15 years ago or whatever. Did she seem at all fat to you? No. Okay. Thick thighs. She's, yeah, like, she's curvy. Thick thighs. Yeah, she's but curvy. Super but not fit. Like, not like fat, but some people call that chubby. You know, <laughs> that's outrageous. I don't. I said when some Hugh Grant people. makes the joke at the end, I was like, "Well, we did see her dad call her plumpy or something." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "So this is something she's been dealing with her whole life, so she could probably laugh at it." But. Yeah, that was an interesting little thing they threw in there. Uh, which I'm, I'm not sure what the purpose of that was, except for the fact that now he can joke with her about it at the very end to call her. Well, because she's if you put her side by side next to any of the other actresses in this movie, her hips are probably one and a half times their size, and not more. Like so, she's she's super fit. Like I feel like she's in amazing shape. If you saw her naked, you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I would want to be you, or you guys maybe I understand not, but. She's way bigger than the other actresses that are in this, but all of them are like negative A cups also. <laughs> yeah, so, so the storyline there, basically, uh, he's in love with the secretary. He has to basically fire her. Uh, and then at the very end, ah, it turns out I like her anyway. I'm going to go get her. 
that, that's that love story. He didn't fire her. He had her transferred to a different department. That's right. He had her. Uh, she didn't lose her job. What they call redistributed is the word he used for her to move her to a different location. Uh, but th- there was an, an also a funny part that with with Hugh Grant was his interaction with the President of the United States, played by Billy Bob Thornton, uh, which didn't make us look good. <laughs> didn't make us work look any worse in the last four years. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but there was a, there was a, a SmackDown moment where he basically tells the president, uh, "We're not going to take your shit anymore, and we're going to be a stronger Britain or England or whatever." And uh, that was that was actually referenced. I, I I don't know if I put this in the trivia. I don't think I did. Uh, Tony Blair made a comment about that when he was talking to Bush at one point. He was saying, "I'm not going to do it in love actually and throw uh, put my foot down uh, against the president, but we're working things out." Something to that effect. So it, it made it all the way to the the prime minister. Uh, this whole thing. And yeah, I mean Hugh Grant, I think was probably. The the most charming out of everybody, uh, but that's that's who he, who he is, right? I was say he doesn't have to try to be charming. Yeah, you say charming. What do you think of Hugh Grant? No, okay, hundred percent. Right. Sure. Who came into your mind? I didn't. When you said charming, I thought Prince. <laughs> Prince, as in Prince Charming, not that. Oh, I, find- I was like. As an artist, formerly known. No, I, I do not find Prince to be charming at all. <laughs> I do have to make a correction. What's that? There's another movie out there called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, not, not the one, not the one we did on spoilers. Okay, I was about to say you're blowing my freaking mind. There's no way the same person. Apparently, there's an English version of it. <laughs> Which one but, came first? No, this one was in 2001. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was uh, somewhere around the same time. I don't know. Adam made eye contact with me as if to confirm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this 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 was a different Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's where I was because I was like, wait a second, I I saw it. Okay, but I don't remember her, but she did play a girl named Mia in a movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and I'm like, how can they have two Kiss Kiss Bang Bangs? You know, I was like, whatever. Okay, no, no problem. Uh, you mistake. It's a different one. <laughs> Always. All right. So the, the Hugh Grant story. There's not a whole lot there, really. Uh, he eventually. Oh, I guess at the end we'll bring them all together. So next one up is uh, the the one. You know what? Before we get to that one, let's do the uh, Keira Knightley and uh, Lincoln, uh, Andrew Lincoln scene. Uh, the, this, this basically starts the movie off, I believe, where uh, Keira Knightley's uh, getting married to, uh, oh no, Ishlafor, I think was the guy. Again, I don't know why you're looking at I me. Because <laughs> you're, you're sitting right here. <laughs> uh, they get married, and this is, this is apparently a very famous scene, uh, and he has told me this gets uh, used at a lot of places, where in the middle, or at the end of the wedding... There's a choir comes up. There's trumpets coming out of the out of the uh, the stands. The pews. The pews. Sure. There's uh, trumps, flutes, um, sax. Yeah, it's a very romantic wedding gesture, which apparently was done uh, by by Mark. The, the, there's trombones in there too. Yeah. No, just, That's. I was. Like, there's a fourth one. I can't think of what it is. And an electric guitar at the end. Just. I was, okay. <laughs> see, so he's familiar with the scene. 
And this isn't also another quick one. We don't get a whole lot of glimpses into this relationship. Uh, we just know that they got married. Uh, there's, they allude a little bit to the fact that he might be in love with his best friend. And then later on, uh, I think we're, we're led to believe that. So that's kind of sitting with us that he's gay for his best friend and he is not happy. That's why he treats the, the, the wife or the, 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 the bride. Now wife, yeah. yeah, the now wife kind of shitty. We find out later that apparently he's been in love with her the entire time in a not so subtle way. Also, if, if, you, if you're recording your best friend's wedding and every shot you take is a close up of the bride, that's not going to make for a very good wedding video for your friend or for anybody that watches it. You're basically he, he, a stalker. <laughs> he, he wasn't doing it for the wedding video. He was just videoing for himself. Like he wasn't the videographer for the wedding because that's why she went to him because she wanted to get a better shot of her dress because the videographer didn't do very well. And oh right, okay. Because because he secretly pulled the video camera out of his pocket after they started walking down the aisle after they were married. That's when he pulled the video camera out. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you. So then it's just full on stalker. Then it's this pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it's funny if you look on IMDb and you look up uh, Jonah Page, who played the the sex girl in the the extras or whatever. Yeah, her character name is Just Judy. Just Judy. That's right. That's how it is in IMDb as well. <laughs> that's how you introduce great. yourself. I'm just Judy. Yeah, I'm just Judy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. They didn't put her down as like. Judy so and so is yeah. just Judy. Just Judy. That's right. And then he just put it down as Judy. Nope. That, that, that's, that's brilliant. That's yeah, such that's, fun. That's good stuff. All right. So what else we got? So uh, so basically, uh, uh, Andrew Lincoln uh, or Mark he goes through incredible lengths to write these cards. Which I swear to God, if this is the beginning of all these things we see online where people are uh, having a word. Here, throw a page away. Here's some more words. Throw the page away. I don't know why that irritates me so much. Maybe it. I, I think it's probably because they're doing it too slow. See, I think that started with SNL. Those are cue cards. That's totally <laughs> That's basically different what thing. he was holding up. Yeah. Okay. But we don't see that. <laughs> That's for the actors. Uh, that that didn't come across to me as romantic as I think they meant it to be. It was creepy. And also backhanded and, again, creepy, just for good measure. (laughs) He's basically – he's telling his best friend's wife, I'm in love with you. And not only am I in love with you, I need to make sure my best friend upstairs doesn't know I'm telling you this. So here's some caroling music I'm also playing and uh, we can't talk. Oh, see, I took it differently. I took it as this is therapeutic for him. He's – the only way he's going to let go of these feelings is I need to tell you. So now I can move past these feelings and actually embrace you as my best friend's wife and not act like I hate you all of the time. So by – it's like therapeutic release. And now you know. Now we can try to move past it. And you can also be careful with the way you interact with me so that you don't make me feel anything for you or something. It's just – Great. So now it's off his chest and now that wedding – or that marriage is, is ruined. How is it ruined? She kissed him. Him a peck, yeah. Yeah, so that 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 marriage is also doomed to fail. Because yeah, that, kissed that's, his cheek. That's that's always going to be there. At at certain point, at some, she was going to blurt out, "Well, I kissed your best friend," and like, "What?" And then 
yeah. Then all three of their lives are now destroyed. So. The the Portuguese girl, was her name Annie? <laughs> uh, I don't have her uh, here in my notes. I'll have to look it up. I would guess I, if it's Annie, it's probably Ani, A-N-I. No, her name was Aurelia, wasn't it? Yes. Oh. Yes, okay, Aurelia. Yeah. Anyway, there, there was a girl that played uh, Annie, Nina Sasanya or whatever. Okay. Uh, she was in Doctor Who, by the way. Yes, I did. I did see that. But like, I already had a super long intro, so I didn't put in every single cast member. I just kind of cut it off at a certain point. There's an Annie in this movie. Sure. It was the. I think it was the black girl. Okay. The I don't know. like let, head let me of look staff her up. person. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, Nina Susana. Uh, yeah, she she was on the staff. No, she 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 worked for the prime minister. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she ran the support staff. Yeah, she yeah. she was, what, the, was the, the, guy, the person name? who greeted him. Yeah, the, Annie. Oh, yeah. so it was okay. Yeah, the, so the the one that had the quote unquote chubby chick uh, redistributed. I feel like I'd never heard her name said. Okay. I usually catch those things. Uh, so. I think that's everybody except for my favorite character, which I'll say for last. Or my, my favorite story. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the character. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Now, this, uh, the Liam Neeson storyline, which is more about uh, his relationship with his son and the son's uh, affections for a student. And you actually, you were mentioning this earlier, Cowboy, about when you're saying actually love is everywhere in the form of a lot of different things. And I started thinking about it. This movie did portray love in a lot of different ways, not just the romantic love. We had the love between the, the rock star and his manager. That's, that's a, a friendship kind of love. Uh, we had maybe uh, the girl with her brother or husband in the psychiatric hospital. That's, a, that's a more of a family, familial kind of love. Uh, and this is a, is a parent, a father-son kind of love. And then the other ones are mostly just kind of. Well, then you also love. had the beginning of relationship love and the years into relationship love. Yeah, which is also. So these are all different sides of the same coin. Uh, it's actually a very weird shaped coin if there's that many sides. Uh, but you, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm getting at. Or, or the the best friend who loved the wife he was his best friend was marrying the girl his best friend was marrying, but. Loved his best friend so much that he wouldn't, you know. Yeah. Don't forget about the love of Floozies also. Right. The that guy was, goes to Wisconsin. The Wisconsin guy, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. The love of British accents. <laughs> there, there it is. It is. <laughs> Thank you. It's just as real as any of the kind. Teamwork got us there. <laughs> uh, so, so Liam Neeson uh, lost his wife. Very recently, in fact, we we see the eulogy, and he's now raising his wife's son, and he's been acting strange. Turns out he's not shooting heroin into his eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's actually in love with somebody, and and the way this brought up, I it was the, the whole relationship is is cute to me. It's 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 adorable. It's it's the kind of relationship that I imagine in my brain that I kind of have with, with my daughter uh, is the, the way they talk to each other even is kind of like, eh, that's not the way parents should talk to their kid. But no, actually that's exactly how you should talk to your kid where he's like, Oh, thank God you're only in love. I thought you, I thought it was much worse than that. 
He said, what's worse than the total agony of being in love? <laughs> the, the 11-year-old. <laughs> and then Lady Newsom's like, nope, yeah, yeah you're right. No, yeah. Totally, right. That, yeah. is, that is awful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the, the conversations they have throughout the rest of the time are just as good. They, they're talking about, at one point, uh, if the son is worried about his dad finding somebody else. And he basically jokes about, yeah, when I find somebody, then you're going to have to – you got to leave. We're, you have <laughs> you to leave the out. house. When Claudia Schiffer shows up. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, we're going to have sex in every room, and that includes yours. <laughs> 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 yeah. To an 11-year-old. Yes. And, and he laughs. He loves it. This is a good conversation. They have a whole Titanic scene together where he, <laughs> he goes to, to grab him. Do you trust me? Yes, I do. You fool! And then kind of tackles him into the couch. It was just, that was just so much fun. Well, I like the part where he's like, you know, we need now. Yeah. We need some Kate and Leo. Yeah, Kate and Leo. Also, the instrument part. Wait, so there's just one tiny, very, very small hiccup. Yeah, his his plan is to get with the girl he loves. She's going to be on a a show, a a Christmas show of some kind. The school's Christmas pageant or something. She's like going to be the closing act. So the best way for me to get to see her is to join the band and be on stage with her. And then the line that Lee Neeson yeah. says, go ahead. You know what I did? Oh, I, yeah. I thought you, oh. I, I, yeah, no, there's just this one very tiny, small little hiccup in the plan. And the kid chimes in with, that I don't play an instrument. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah, you don't play an that's instrument. That's problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. So the kids react. I don't remember what his exact words were, but it was basically along the lines of just like, yeah, small, small detail. Yeah. So he uh, is working up to try to talk to the girl. Now everything comes together at this Christmas play. This is where every couple that we've seen basically shows up here, with with the exception of the guy that's in Wisconsin. <laughs> what about the sex couple? Are they there? Um. I think they might be. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. I don't think Billy Billy's there. Billy's not there. Oh, uh, you're right. Billy is not there. And the, the rock star. No, because I remember the, uh, when they were walking up, somebody was like, "Oh, how'd you two meet?" And they were like, "Oh, oh right. we don't want to talk about the, it." <laughs> what about the we're sex stand-ins? We're not going to say that out loud. The writer guy. Uh, he was there. He was friends oh, with everybody. And then he has to leave to go propose. Oh no, he goes to see his family. Yeah. Okay. What about? You want me to stop? Yes, please. Okay. Oh, my God, yes. All right. I got, um, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> so he goes uh, – he's trying to find the girl and uh, she sings a song and nails the song. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it might be in trivia, but th- that is actually her voice. The, the, the actress that is playing the little girl, that is her voice that is actually singing. And, in fact, I think uh, – she sang so well that they had to kind of do some editing to make it sound worse, like an actual child was singing. Picture Christina Aguilar at 11. Right. That and and that same girl is the voice of Marceline from Adventure Time, <laughs> uh, the vampire. So that's, that was fun for me. I, I recognized the voice instantly. I was like, I know that voice. And I was trying to look it up and I was like, oh, that's Marceline. That's awesome. Uh, so anyway, uh, Marceline has to leave on a plane and they follow her to the airport this was a little weird. I, it was uh, actually, I think Annie pointed this out to me. The kid is running through the airport like he knows exactly where he's going. 
He, he, uh, unless on the way there, they researched what gate she's at, uh, how to get to the gate, pulled up a schematic of the airport. I need to turn right down this corridor <laughs> and then go down that corridor, jump over this uh, uh, PSA guy. There was, there was but how did he get through the, P- the TSA guy? Uh, he, he just ran. But how oh, did he run? Oh, that's right. There you go. Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bean shows up for what seems like no other reason than to distract the TSA guys so that he can sneak by security. And then, but he still, the metal detector still catches him. And then yeah. now there's a big chase. He gets to the, uh, he gets to see her. Ah, I like you. Ah, now I'm going to jail. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the way he delivers it is way better than the way Adam delivered it. It's true. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're coming up on an hour here. We haven't even started with the, with the games yet. So, uh, <laughs> by the way, my least favorite uh, character in the whole movie, just because uh, Rowan Atkinson. I mean, I, I, I like him, but he was so Mr. Bean in it. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Well, that's his stick. That's his whole thing. He's always that... Uh, befuddling moron but the second time he did it on purpose he even uh, like gives I, the dad I, a nod like he well, came no, up I here to that. do something I get that but then when he's the jeweler he's like oh no no very yeah. quick I found this to be the least irritated character he's ever played <laughs> is Holly poisonous by the way he has poison ivy because he, he took out this comically large glove to handle the Holly he was like, oh, and the holly. there's prickles, I think, on it. Because okay, <laughs> he's going against the grain and pulling it all off. But that I don't think he did with gloves. It's just comically large. Uh, all right. If it was poisonous, why would they put it in the bag you I have to know. stick your then hand into? Why do you need into? the gloves? Is holly spiky? Why is it on, why is it on everything in Christmas? Thing? I think it's that dangerous. they were giving it a little flair of Mr. Bean. Okay. I think most of the things you see it on in Christmas time, it's fake holly. It's not real. No. Oh, that's true, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's about it. So Holly is poisonous, eaten the berries. They are prickly, and so are the leaves are poisonous as well to <laughs> humans and animals. Why is that a Christmas Basically, <laughs> Well, you don't really touch it, do you? When you're putting it up, I guess you have to touch it. I guess so. But why would that be still? Why would that be a Christmas thing? Because red and green. Oh, it's simple. Then that not, fits simple. Why don't we have cranberry bushes then? Deck the halls with balls it of holly. La 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 is not cranberry. <laughs> and it was a Christmas movie, so you know this is a Christmas movie. We should have done this for Christmas, not. I didn't know it was a Christmas movie until it started. This is like I said. This is not on my radar as far as knowing anything about but it. But is it a Christmas movie or is it a movie that just takes place during Christmas? Because they could have done this any time during the year, right? Uh, no, because there's a Christmas play. That's what brings everybody together. It, 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 it could have been a Fourth of July. Play. Yeah, uh, could have. I guess. Not or a Valentine's make, play. This is the same thing that you can say about how Die Hard is supposed to be a Christmas film versus <laughs> it's not supposed to be a Christmas film. But hold on, hold on. I don't know any other place that has lobsters in it except for the one that they were doing. Right, the Orange ones? <laughs> and octopuses? Octopi? Nativity? nativity <laughs> I got the first lobster. There's more than one? Yeah, multiple lobsters, <laughs> uh, octopus, and uh, – oh, this is <laughs> – 
How many lobsters were there when Jesus was born? Yeah, apparently a lot of lobsters. <laughs> I but, believe it was a rock lobster. Another thing that uh, is also left out of the Bible from uh, my re- many readings of it is uh, Spider-Man's appearance uh, at the at the nativity. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. I mean, honestly, the only thing missing is the B-52s at the end of that. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, but you guys, can't you just picture this kid and his mom fighting to get him into the costume? And he's like, but I want to go as Spider-Man. No, you can't wear that costume. And finally, they just negotiate down to, all right, you can wear the Spider-Man face paint. Maybe. <laughs> as maybe. long as you wear the wise man. Maybe he was costume. a special kid, and he went to school with Spider-Man painted on his face every day. And that's what they did to keep him. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, mine's funnier. <laughs> uh, so I think that basically wraps everything up. I think we've covered all the storylines. Is, is there anything else that, that anybody wants to mention before we move on to the rest of the game, the rest of the show? So, so did the receptionist just end up by herself? She didn't find love? She got to meet the prime minister. She's happy. Yeah. I don't know. I assume she's by herself. Does it seem like I, – I, I don't think Rickman would continue that after what it did to his life. But then maybe – <laughs> when you're that depressed about losing your your wife, maybe you do stupid things. We don't know how any of the women in Re- Brian in Rickman's life end up. Yeah. What were you going to say, Maestro? Um, the less we talk about Bill Hunt and I, he's actions at the end of the film, the better. All right. So that reminds me, actually, at the very end of the movie, Bill Nighy is actually now performing uh, totally nude. <laughs> he has a guitar in front of everything important. The only thing important. <laughs> but, like, you can't even see that kid <laughs> anywhere in that region. <laughs> what else would you be covering except for the Hanawan area? Well, well I guess it, like, I feel like the only thing that he's covering is anything that can keep him from getting in jail. Right. That's true. Technically not breaking any FCC rules by mm-hmm. having it covered. You know. All right. Anything else? Any, any other parts you guys want to talk about? Good. Fantastic. All right. So that was our opinion of the movie. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions with zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics. I'm going to give you two reviews from the top critics and the audience. Hopefully these will help you when we play the Rotten Tomatoes game right after this. Let's start with the bad reviews. Let's start with, uh, top critics, bad reviews. This is Joe Morgenstern from Wall Street Journal from 2019. That could have been a fascinating theme, but Mr. Curtis's film has no attitude about it other than blind approval. All right. Can't say I disagree. You're, if you're making a movie of this type, you know, what you're, you know who your audience is and you know what you're shooting for. Tom Charity from Time Out from 2006. This is an embarrassment. An overdrawn rom-com gone very wrong. <laughs> Rhymed. That was delightful. All right. Good reviews from the top critics. This is from Scott Tobias from the AV Club. Love actually proves enough happy endings to make the audience forget that romance and Christmas miracles don't always work out. So there's some unhappy ones. So it completes enough of them that you still yeah. feel good, but also reminds you mm, not everything ends happy. True. Yeah. Keep it grounded like not you were wrong. saying. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Stanley Kaufman from The New Republic 
from 2003. Whatever the actors are given to do, they do so delightfully or so delightfully moving that love actually wins out over its wobbles. These were the p- most positive reviews you could find? Uh, yeah. It's wait, from the top critics. If it, w- if it wobbled, when did it wibble? Uh, when did it fall down? No, they saved it from wibbling. <laughs> All right. So those are the top critics, good and bad reviews. Now we're going to play the Rotten Tomatoes game that everybody loves. This is the part of the show where I make the guys guess the score of the movie based on its Rotten Tomatoes score. For those of you unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up is certified fresh. So, based on those reviews from the top critics, what do you think the critics rated this? The tomato meter. Uh, let's see here. I feel like most rom-coms... I don't know if I've ever heard any rom-coms beat the fresh meter. Oh. This is also 2003. I feel like if anything. critics are rating a rom-com, they should rate it for its genre. So it should be... You can't have every rom-com be rotten. Otherwise, you're not rating it for its genre. Mm. I'm going with 65. All right. Based on your positive reviews. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Yeah, air quotes. Yes. This is not a video. I'm, 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 I'm going to go 78. <laughs> All right. You know... I- I want to play devil's advocate. I'm going to go 40. All right. The tomato meter. This is rated fresh Ah! at 64%. Oh, wow. Holy Christ. Uh, She looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) She just didn't want to get it spot on because it'd be too obvious. Right. (laughs) You see right through me, cowboy. Maestro does it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) all right i see you now, <laughs> now let's hear from you the know, audience the reflection of that mirror behind you shows your computer screen i see you no oh. all right good reviews from the audience this what? is from joan w from 2020 a non-cynical sweet christmas movie that isn't all happy endings love actually is all around I watch this. I watch this every year and wouldn't miss it. Go to an airport when we can and stand in the arrivals, and you'll agree. See, weirdly, though, this movie did make me want to do that, and then I felt very creepy. Yeah, no, you'll get flagged down as a terrorist if you show up. <laughs> you show up every day at the terminals. I'm just watching people. I didn't say every day. <laughs> Come with me, ma'am. <laughs> Especially if you wear a name badge that says Karen. <laughs> All right, another good review from Brian R. Ooh, a super reviewer, according to Ron Tomatoes, from 2010. Haven't seen this film since film school, but nonetheless, I liked it, and I'm not even a romance kind of guy. But what I do admire is the film's narrative. You think the filmmaker Richard Curtis was inspired by Robert Altman or something, since there are so many characters with each a set of their own stories, and everyone is connected. I admire the stories between Hugh Grant and Martine... Machuchkin, and the relationship between Martin Freeman and Joanne Page. That's what I call cute chemistry. Look, man, you can't pull a Bruce Campbell and just like blah, 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 the last word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was uh, good reviews. Let's do bad reviews now from the audience. 
This is from Silkis F from 2002. Oh, wait. Is it sick as F? Oh, this guy. This clever handle. All right. The only good plot line was for the little boy. Some scenes were fine, too. For example, the one where the girl was singing. But it was ultimately ruined by the vice president kissing Natalia. And why? That wasn't even necessary. Damn. Well, kind of a shit movie. There was a review that said it's a movie for sexual predators. Ha <laughs> ha. I must agree. The vice president? No. The, the, there was a, some other reviewer said that this is a movie for sexual predators. No, he said the vice president kissed Natalie. Oh, he did? It's the president. And, it's the prime minister. And, yeah. yeah. No. It makes the, you wonder oh, how much. It, oh, oh. Oh. Wait, do you think he's talking about the prime minister or when the president was like kissing Natalie's forehead? Also, her name's not Natalia, it's Natalie. It makes you wonder if this guy was even paying attention to the movie to begin with. I feel like you can't even trust this guy's (laughs) review at all. All right. Especially because he's got a weird name. Sick as F. All right. uh, Matthew H. from 2010. Probably the most contrived, saccharine, and pointless romantic comedy ever mounted. Cheesy to the extreme. Cliched beyond reason and the most superficial study of love in Hollywood. Utter garbage. Okay, I can think of way, way worse romantic <laughs> comedies. I don't know their is names, it, but I can describe the plot lines to you. Is, sure? it pronu- is it pronounced utter with the T or the D? Uh, T. Two Ts. Ah, okay. Utter That'd garbage. Be weird it was utter instead of be weird. Oh, utter garbage. So not even cows or calves would drink this? All right. So those are the good and bad reviews from the audience. What do you think the audience rated this movie on the Rotten Tomatoes scoring system? I'm going to stick to my first number, 78. I'm going with 83. See, there is like a lot of people saying that this movie is very good. You guys, I feel like, are definitely in the ballpark here. I'm going to run with 50. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> 78, 83 is the ballpark. You go 50. <laughs> I feel like Cowboy might be. What about sleep. throwing a wrench in the spokes? Yeah. All right. Wait, but how many people who actually like rom-coms actually go on Rotten Tomatoes and rate things? Uh, I'll have to check my logs all for right. all the users that log in and what their credentials are. I'm sticking with my number. All right. This is rated fresh by the audience at 72. Cowboy gets that one. All right. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this movie. We like to play a game where we replace characters with Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman because generally they make films better. So if you had to take somebody out of this film and replace them with Paul Giamatti or Gary Oldman, who would it be? I think I know who Paul Giamatti is going to be, but I got to Google Gary Goldman. Gary Oldman? I don't do well with faces and names. Oh, my God. John Baptist Emmanuel Zorg. Zorg from Fifth Element. Uh, The guy that had half his head shaved. He was a bad guy in Air Force One. He was Commissioner Gordon in Batman. Commissioner Gordon. That's right. No, that's Alan Rickman. He was a prisoner of Azkaban. Sorry. Um, No, he he was, yeah, he was. Serious Black. Serious Black. There you go. Okay. All right. So, what do you guys think while Annie gets uh, her mind straight over here? I've got mine made up, but you guys go first. No, we want to hear you. This is your movie. Go for it. All right. Um, Commissioner Gordon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to do this properly. All right. I feel like he 
could definitely have played Professor Snape's character. Oh. I don't know. That You're taking Alan Rickman out? I'm just saying he could have played that character really well. Okay. And if it's not him, then he's playing the character of Billy. Shiva Those are the two that I could put him in. Adam. Okay, no wrong answers. Uh, go ahead. And- I'm not... I'm just saying, like, that's what he would have been the best. Are we supposed to be trying to, like, improve yeah. the movie? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. so we don't want to take anyone good out? Well, yeah. generally, well, you, you take out the bad people to replace them with good people. Okay, then I'm going to need a minute, you okay. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, like, what they would be really good at. You should listen to the show sometimes. It's, uh, I do, Adam, <laughs> but I listen to it while I'm working, so it's in and out. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. What do you got? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, Neo by um I think um I don't know. I it, it, this one's really tough because all the prominent characters, like even the manager, you want to keep those facial expressions the way he did that. <laughs> but I was thinking as Maestro says it Paul Giovanni could <laughs> Paul Giamatti could have done that really well. Right. Uh, he's really good with facial expressions and that being able to express that. Not necessarily that because I don't know if there's too much that would make this even better, you know? Okay. Then sounds to, sounds to me like you like this film, sir. I said I like this film, when I, <laughs> especially lot. when I found out that Annie picked it, you know? I mean, it was the greatest film we've done on this podcast ever. Wow. Oh, cowboy, if you Go yeah. any further, I might actually believe you. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was a good film. I actually enjoyed the film. Okay, Major, you got you got some picks for replacing. Yeah, I mean, I would like to take out the no namers. Really, I mean, like for instance, remember that secretary that had the the boyfriend, uh, brother, ex slash husband in the in the yeah institution. Um. The the guy that she ended up wanting to get with. Okay. I would put Gary Oldman there. Okay. I did have that the thought. Gary, version. Gary, Gary Oldman would be Carl. Air Force One version Gary Oldman. Okay. <laughs> okay. Would be which guy? Uh, Carl. Carl. The guy from, oh, okay. The guy from Westworld. The guy from Westworld. And only because I know him from Westworld, I, I, I couldn't take him out. Uh, although, I guess, it, as far as meeting this on a part, this is not a very meaty part. No, it's not a meaty part, but I felt like in this film he had not much to do with anything. But he was just really, there. He was just the body. Really, you can't really base it on it being a meaty part. I mean, Kara Knightley didn't have a meaty part, and it's Kara Knightley. Yeah. So, I mean, I I, I don't know other than uh, – I don't mean – Hugh Grant didn't have a meaty part. Well, nobody was able to because, like I said, there was so many damn <gasps> there couples. so much, yeah. yeah. Ah, I just realized something. Oh, I would I would place Giamatti. Oh, ah, he's learning with Billy Bob. Okay, I had I had thoughts about that as well, but Billy Bob, his his demeanor was very presidential. I feel yeah. like that's a dirty, like, yeah. Paul he's Giamatti such a dirty rotten scoundrel. Yeah, yeah. Was <laughs> oh, that a movie? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was like, no, that was a perfect way to describe him. Okay, and you got you got uh, switches. So I think the one that could be the, mo- the best replaced would be Colin Firth's character. Oh, I had to look up the names. The Kingsman guy, the writer. I'm just saying because 
Neither of these Again, guys. Again, no wrong answers, no wrong the thing answers. Is, it's really hard. This is a star-studded cast, and it's hard to put either of these guys into one of like the super small roles. The only one that I was I knew for sure was Paul Giamatti could be the manager for sure, but they would have given him more lines, and it would have been he would have been even funnier. Yeah. But I'm trying to figure out, you know, if I'm to make the movie better, that makes it so much harder. Yeah, but like I could replace some of these people, and the movie would have been just as good. Okay, but definitely couldn't take Alan Rickman out. Yes, (sighs) I think the only other person, Gary Oldman, probably could have played. I mean, he could definitely could have done Westworld guy's character. Okay, Uh, he could have. He could agree. He could have played. No, I don't know. He could have played the Peter's character. The one who married Kara uh, uh, Knightley. I had that thought as well. Okay, so so. Or, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm changing my mind. I think that what's his name? Not Paul Giamatti, but the other one. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman could have played the sex stand-in guy. Okay. Martin Freeman. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes is sidekick. Right. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. Uh, like I said, no wrong answers, but here's the correct ones. Did I win? Oh. <laughs> uh, Paul Giamatti is, is the manager. Because uh, even though his faces were, were good, Giamatti would have made the faces much better. And he, he could have done a lot more without having to say as much. Just having him react the way that Paul Giamatti reacts would be, you don't need lines. Just keep doing that, man. Your face is perfect. Uh, and then Gary Oldman would be the guy that went to Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a weird kind of switch, like, oh, he's very charming and handsome. It would make sense for all these girls to... But that's what makes it so funny, is that this guy's face <laughs> is very uncomfortable to look at. But also and they only like him because of his accent. So. Exactly. But imagine Gary Oldman being as awkward as he was. That would be just fun to watch. <laughs> I love the part where they're having him say all the words, yeah. and then they get to table, and they're like, T- oh, oh, yeah, it's, it's just table. It's the same. All right. All right, let's go to trivia. This is a part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may know about the film. When casting the part of Sarah, that was the, the uh, possibly brother, possibly husband person, the director auditioned a great many British girls but kept saying, I want someone like Laura Linney. The casting director eventually snapped and said, oh, for fuck's sake, let's get Laura Linney then. <laughs> she auditioned and got the part. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, the airport greeting footage at the beginning and end of the movie is real. Uh, Richard Curtis had a team of cameramen film at Heathrow Airport for a week, and whenever they saw someone that would fit in, they asked the people to sign the permission to use the footage. That's cute. Uh, Chris Marshall returned his paycheck for the scene where the three American girls undress him. He said he had such a great time having three girls undress him for 21 takes that he was willing to do it for free. <laughs> And thus returned his check. <laughs> uh, the idea for Mark's surprise at the, of the band singing, All You Need Is Love. This is the, the scene we talked about at the beginning with the wedding, with the trumpets and everything. Uh, it came from Jim Henson's funeral, uh, which Richard Curtis was, was attending, uh, where all of the puppeteers brought their Muppets and sang a song. Aww. That's... That one, I, I teared up a little that, when I first read that. That's pretty good. 
Imagine Jim Henson uh, at his funeral, all the puppets giving eulogies. Oh, that's good. And all of a sudden realizing that Jim Henson said, dear Lord, I get to die until I get rid of these guys. (laughs) (laughs) I can't lose them. All right. The credits at the end of this movie incorrectly list Tessa Niles as a performer in the Christmas concert scene. Joanna, Sam's crush, does all of her own singing in uh, All I Want for Christmas is You at the Christmas concert. She had such an amazing voice that the writer and director had edited it to sound more like a child singing. So, yeah, I did mention that. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Money Makes the World Go Round. Let's put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year so we get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $40 million. What do you think the total worldwide gross of this movie was at the box offices in the U.S. and the foreign box office? What's the math again that you... That's like if it's to be successful, it has to be X Y Z more three times. Three times. In order for this movie to be considered a success, it needs to be make three times the budget. So four times three is one hundred twenty million. I think this. I I really think this did great overseas. Um, I don't. I think it probably did better overseas than it did here. To be quite honest with you, Uh, I would probably venture to say. 196. And this is just the first day? The box office. No, box office. So the entire time is in theaters? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go 1.2 mil. Okay. 1.2 mil. 1.2 million. Oh, no, billion. Oh, billion. Wow. Oh, million with a B. Got it. (laughs) Oh, okay. That was my B. Okay. (laughs) Mm. I didn't do that on purpose. Wait, no. Do you want to help her out? No, nope. because it was four. It was. That's your guess. You said one hundred and ninety million. Oh, <laughs> you did ten times that. <laughs> well, I feel like I love this movie. Okay, <laughs> it made billions and billions. Okay, hey, 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 Annie, I Annie, I appreciate you. That's why I'm doing Seventy-three million nine hundred and twenty-eight. All right, six hundred seventy million is Annie's guess. <laughs> Make sure what you got. 300. 300. What was yours, Cowboy? You said Mine one, was one, 196. 196. Okay. In the U.S., this grossed $59.7 million. In the foreign box office, it grossed $185 million. So that's another one for Cowboy. Look I at was you. I only off whoa, by like 400000 How much was the total? Uh... million. Ah. Yep. So close. Barely. Barely. That was was good. That was good. All right. This film debuted on November 7, 2003 with $6.9 million. Nice. Uh, That was the 49th highest grossing film of 2003. Number one that year was about a fish. I've never heard of that movie. Uh, Finding Nemo. Oh. Oh, so it wasn't the title's not about a fish. No, the title is not about a fish. Oh. <laughs> the description of the movie. Well, actually the title the title was about a fish named Nemo. Yeah. Or could have been about a captain. Wanda. Maybe. But it wasn't a fish named Wanda. Fish called about Wanda. About a fish sounds like an indie movie title though, right? We should do that movie. We should do Mr. Olympus. John, the one with John Cleese? A fish called Wanda? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Are we talking about the plot or the, is that a title? That's the title of the movie. That's the title. Fish called Wanda. All right. Moving on. Oops. I did it again. You may have noticed that a time or two, one of us, probably more so me than anybody else, has made some mistakes. I, I already called out my mistake. You can't. You can't. I already called out my mistake. I mistakes. I called it out. You can leave it out. This. Okay. No, totally fine. All right. So in this case, it was Cowboy making most of the mistakes. So in order to make him feel better, I'm going to tell you about a few times where the movie also made some mistakes. And that is, of course, because Poe Buddy's Nerfic. All right. <laughs> Uh, during the staff Christmas party, there is a slow song playing, but people are dancing at a fast pace. Hmm. Problematic. Uh, when Karen is in her room crying to the Joni Mitchell song, Both Sides Now, the CD player shows that it is track seven, but on the actual Both Sides Now CD, it's track 12. Oh my God, that's super embarrassing so, for them. Wow, how dare you guys. Uh, at the recording studio, Bill... Is By the way, I, I I caught that last one. Did you? How could you miss it? It's such I a just, glaring mistake. I just didn't want I just didn't want to point it out because <laughs> Annie was giving me such a hard time about just letting things go. Yeah, it's a simple and, movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a simple movie. I just didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were about to actually sing the song. Yeah. All right, let uh, it go. I, <laughs> let it go. Let it Can't go. Hold it back anymore. All right. Uh, at the recording studio, Bill is shown in one shot singing directly into the microphone. In the next shot, he is standing about a foot above the mic. Not only is this a continuity error, but he also shouldn't have been that far away from the microphone to be recording properly. Yeah. As a podcaster, I can say this sounds a lot better than this sounds. Uh, this is change it. All right, but how many? <laughs> really? Did it sound the same? Sounds the same. Damn it. Oh. How frequently also did he do anything yeah. he was supposed to do the way he was supposed to do it? That's true. Does, does this sound the same as this sounds the same? Pretty close. Yeah, barely a difference at all. What about this? <laughs> You're you using an Xbox headset, dude. Okay. No, I'm just <laughs> all right. Uh, last oops here. Uh, when Sam is being chased by airport security at the checkpoint in some cuts – a springboard can be seen where his leap, where he leaped over the guard. So he wasn't jumping of his own uh-huh. free will. It well, was a springboard. He was a very tiny kid. And he was a very large person. Yeah. Yeah. Olympians use springboards. Why can't he? Yeah, Adam. There's no springboards in airports in case security guards are running after you. <laughs> Maybe he had springs in his shoes. Oh, by the way, that kid, uh, he's in uh, Queen's Gambit. I don't know if you've seen yes. Queen's Gambit. Uh, yes. And he still looks exactly the same age, just a lot taller and with facial hair. He's also he's also in Game of Thrones. He's also in Game of Thrones. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like, his face looks. It has aged. Ow. Yeah. He's got John Mulaney syndrome. He's, he's taller, but his face is the same. All right. Well, that was Love Actually from 2003, directed by Richard Curtis. Check out our website, ratbagpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave us a recommendation for a movie, that goes to the top of our list and we'll watch it before any other request. Speaking of which, next week we have actually a fan suggestion for a movie. I'm not sure where the suggestion came from. I think I have a I have a feeling where it came from. Okay. This comes from somebody named Gerald. 
He wants us to watch a movie from 2005. I never heard of it, but here's a synopsis. Usually I'll say this for next week, but I want to give you guys a heads up. An An unknown time, an unknown place, without reasons, with no future. His only desire is destruction. It's good versus evil, and the awakening of an unlikely hero with ultra-kinetic action to create the action spectacle of the year. Godzilla! It's Clifford nope. the Big Red Dog, dummy. This... Oh. I'm sorry, that came across really aggressive. Uh, based on the movie poster alone, I'm assuming this is the Gerald that Maestro and I both know requesting this. Which one? Well, What's the movie, Adam? It's called Death Trance. I hate it already. It's about a monk that apparently is trying to get a coffin back from his old master because his master is going to use it for some devious plot. I don't know. I, I tried to do as little reading about it as possible. Just based on the poster, this is going to be another Deadly Venoms. I think <laughs> something or I don't know. Okay, Is Deadly so Venoms Liz- the one where they each had a specialty? Yes. the yeah. and Can all. I actually... Got super engrossed in that movie and ended up staying up super late finishing it while Adam fell asleep because I was like, I need to know how this ends. I just need you to know that. Okay. See? See? People do like this film, Adam. No. No, they don't. <laughs> it's no love, actually, but... She stayed up late. She was obviously delirious. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Annie, thank you so much for picking the movie and uh, helping us out with the podcast this week. Yeah, no problem. Next time you have me pick a movie, though, can you let me know I'm picking the movie? So I can no. Pick a, okay. That's <laughs> Fair enough. That's the fun part of it. Thanks I'll, for having I'll, me. I'll, I'll make you a deal. I'll let you know when you're picking a movie once you start listening to the podcast. I listen to it the way I listen to every other podcast, Adam. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, kind of. All right, guys. <laughs> Until next time, I am Adam. I'm Annie. <laughs> I'm not Annie. <laughs> That's Annie over there. She can't talk right now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>